And I will do the rounds. I'll check any comments on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook that need responding to. But I go to them. It's very important. You must turn off all alerts and notifications. You don't want these things nagging you. I go to them and I use what I call a hit and run approach. I get in and I get out. It's like a bank robbery. You know, if you go to Facebook with all the time in the world, you're never getting out of that place. Yeah. I got a driver out the front waiting. I'm like in and out. We stand today. The Business Method. With a shout out. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages, welcome to the Business Method Podcast, where we examine the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. Our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we wanted to get behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build a business like this. We've had some incredible guests like Bobby Edwards, the founder of Squatty Potty, who built a $35 million per year company with just 17 employees, and JP Sears, the YouTube superstar whose videos are going viral all over the internet. I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and we hope you enjoy the show. The Business Method. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Just a heads up, this is the second part of a two-part interview. James' first interview was published yesterday, so be sure to check that one out. We're incredibly fortunate to have James come back to the show. He's known as one of the best business trainers out there in the world today, and he's here to talk to us about tribe building, the importance of growing your tribes, the importance of growing as a person. We dive into location independence and productivity. It's a really exciting episode, you guys. Without further ado, let's jump back into the interview. Entrepreneurs' systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Now, you mentioned that you're kind of diving more into Instagram these days. I'm curious, what are what's your strategy for Instagram, and what have you seen that's working on that platform? I would, I would definitely, firstly, I'd say I'm no Instagram expert, um, even though some of my clients have been. I've, I've had clients who have got a couple of hundred thousand followers. Um, that being said, I've got clients who have 250,000 students, or um, one of them has half a million YouTube subscribers. I mean, there's some heavy social media hitters in my community. I don't think I've figured it out. At the moment, I'm using Instagram to be more vulnerable and to share behind the scenes. And so I have a company Instagram and a private Instagram. They both got about the same number of followers, which isn't very many, by the way. But the, the private one, I'm just sharing, sort of mixing up surf shots and and I think one in three posts is a business quote, often from my book. That gets about twice the likes as my personal stuff, which might be, uh, you know, the occasional food, but it's often a surf report or something that I, I know not everyone's going to be interested in, but it's my personal account. And maybe if they're not interested, they're not going to follow. And if they are interested, they will. And I do travel a fair bit. The business one, they're mostly putting title cards quotes and things from our podcasts and the team run that 100 percent. i'm not involved with it and they do a good job 
and they built that up to a nice little following. But these days we load a video each day to our corporate accounts. So across our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, my personal LinkedIn in our company Twitter, and that's five platforms, we post a daily video. And that has been working really well. I just made a training on it and I showed the correlation between the videos going up each day to adding I think an extra five and a half thousand views a month turns into sales. And it takes about eight minutes a week to do this. So it's very low input from me. Um, I, I talk about where I get the ideas from and what I'm using to film them, and etc. So that's an example of the topic-specific training that I do for members. And the other topic-specific training I've done is stuff like how to sell the membership on autopilot and how to keep members, how to reduce churn, because they're two things that are massive obstacles for having a recurring community business, getting people to join and then keeping people once you've got them. But I do think Instagram falls into that slightly. If people are connected to you socially and they're constantly aware of you, that is serving three separate markets. It deals with prospects, it deals with existing customers, and it deals with ex-customers. And something that I've noticed since publishing the book is I get a lot of people coming back. It's an amazing number of people who I may have known in the past who have gone out into the Wild West and tried a few different things, and then they, they, they know that they were happy where they were before, and they come back. And I invite that, and I think it's fantastic. You mentioned keeping people, I guess you were referring to like keeping people in the sales process and the value ladder or keeping people in the community when you were talking about your uh, client flow. Um, keep Keeping people subscribed if they're okay. on a recurring subscription. Like the number that gotcha. I'm looking at for my business is how many current subscribers do I have for super fast business and how many current subscribers do I have for Silver Circle? And I look at that number now versus a month ago versus six months ago. If I can keep that number on a, at least a stable trend and not a decline, and I can slowly increase my prices and improve the quality of the members and find leverage points, then I have a fantastic business. And that's why it's been around for eight and nine years. What are some of the things that you're doing to keep those those folks engaged and in and subscribe to your processes? Well, a major one is I get people results. Hmm. I, I think you can never go wrong if your product actually works. Um, if you think about like you, if you buy supplements or or something like that, if you enjoy them and they work for you, you keep ordering them. So. Some people with subscriptions or memberships have a kind of sell it and hope the customer doesn't notice it on the credit card style of marketing. I'm kind of the opposite. I'm pushing for a result. I want people to engage. I start the post for them. I send them weekly digests of what's topical. I drag them back in if they go missing. So I've set up some automation. I send personal onboarding videos for every new member. I also send billing reminder videos to let them know that the renewal's due soon and to invite them to continue to participate. And I put on the best possible training I can every month. And I, I've made it my mission to 
make a product each month that other people would sell for two thousand dollars uh, I want to ask you some some tips about productivity and you mentioned that you you have your work day your work hours down to about 25 per week which is amazing um, what are some of your most used and most impactful productivity strategies that you're using today uh, well one thing is I use audio a lot I leverage audio so it's my favorite medium I, I generally won't type if I can talk I, I'll do that so I can talk to answer forum posts dictate works very well now on Mac I um, record my audio podcasts and my videos turn into transcriptions as well and bullet points so my team are really good at taking raw material for an example if we covered information on this call that I thought was really useful I might send my side of the recording to my own team and they would run it through a tool called Trint and they'd get the text from it and I might be able to use the bullet points for a monthly training or for some other purpose, maybe a presentation where I speak at an event. That's genius. Yeah, and I could use that like five different ways. So to give you an example, I, um, I made a, a training called $100,000, how to make $100,000 per month consistently. And the idea from that uh, came from me being asked to speak at an event. So I opened up my slide deck I filled in some bullet points from my training notes from my high-level customers. Keep in mind that the median customer that I work with at the highest level probably making twice the revenue that I make uh, or somewhere in that region. So they're doing really well, and I look for the patterns. So I create the core deck. I then make the training for my members. It gets transcribed. I use the transcription now to send it off to the lady helping me write my next book. And... Then I can also use those bullet points for individual videos. I can go through the slide deck with my iPhone and make one video per bullet point. So if there's, say, 50 slides, I now have 50 videos. I can combine them into podcasts. I can make an audio podcast from that. So I really like the leverage in that. Uh, maybe that's not what you're looking for, though. Other things that I do is I stack my appointments to Wednesday and Thursday. So all of the calls that I do like this will be on a Wednesday or a Thursday. That way I get Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday to myself. So it's, a, it's kind of a price that I pay, having that discipline and the routine of, uh, and I do a couple of calls on Tuesday, which is uh, today. I have my mastermind calls on Tuesday, and I have one slot for the public, which you got. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so I have three days on and four days off from public-facing appointments, which means that I'm not watching a calendar or using an alarm clock or you know, switching off my life and starting to do stuff for other people. It's, it's a really good system to have, and you can have it. The, the five-day work week, I don't really get. <laughs> that means I can do a lot of things off-peak. I could go to the supermarket when there's absolutely nobody there, no one at the checkout, uh, I can go and surf with with an uncrowded beach while everyone's at work. So there's lots of benefits of that, like zigging when everyone's zagging. Um, other things, of course, I've mentioned my team. They're indispensable. If I can think of something, I will put it into Slack. I don't log into tools directly, so I won't 
log into WordPress. I won't be editing any of my own media. I won't be logging into my shopping cart or my email system. My team will do all of those things. They'll send out email broadcasts. They'll update customers on the support desk. They'll tune up the website. So I'm just dealing with Slack and my forum software, uh, which I can use via the app that I've created for my members. So I've, I've gotten to the point where I'm using the least amount of tools. And, uh, and over time, as your team get better and better, they learn to think for themselves and they don't even ask you stuff, they just do it. Uh, so that is very hard to measure and it sounds like a fantasy if someone's doing the Odesk shuffle, you know, burning through outsources at a rapid rate, they're not going to even be able to comprehend that. But when I sat down with my team just a few weeks ago for a meal, we worked out that the newest person in our team started four and a half years ago, and the oldest one's been with me for nine years. So it's a mature team. And it's got a lot of depth now, and they just keep getting better and better. Do you do you have any other daily rituals besides um, surfing? Not really. I, I like coffee. Um, I I guess I scan the news. I'm curious about just I just want to see what normal people are seeing, so that I can understand why people might be emotional or what the, what the topics are. And some people advise against this, but I'm okay with it. It comes up on, on my phone. I usually scan the news, I scan the weather, and I'll just check my inbox and my team. It's about it as a routine. And I will do the rounds. I'll check any comments on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook that need responding to. But I go to them. It's very important. You must turn off all alerts and notifications. It's, you don't want these things nagging you. I go to them and I use what I call a hit and run approach. I get in and I get out. It's like a bank robbery. You know, if you go to Facebook with all the time in the world, you're never getting out of that place. Yeah. I just, I, like, I'm out. I got a driver out the front waiting. I'm like in and out. So that's, that's what I will do my daily rounds. I'll just check on my team, my email, my social media. If I do that every day, and of course I log into my community and I answer questions. That's the other thing that I do that really helps people stay is I turn up and I help them out with their problems and they never have to do it by themselves and that becomes something they value. And I like it and I've been doing it for so long. I mean, Really, I've been answering questions in forums for 10 years. So I'm getting good at it and I really like it. So it sort of suits my skill set. Excellent. So uh, I, I want to move on to, to to wrap up the call talking about location independence. And correct me if I'm wrong, is the majority of your team in the Philippines? Yeah, aside from a few Westerner contractors for for things that the team doesn't do. And I can list what they are if you like. Yeah, please, please. So I've got a lady called Kelly Exeter. She helps me with my books, and she's in Perth. I've got um, Dave Wooding in Boise, who does my APIs and integrations, and he's been doing that for like 12 years. Uh, Greg Merrilies in Melbourne does my design. So he does all my logos and top-level website design. And then I've got um, Jared Robinson, who does my app. Um, so that's like the – that's, and I've got Lenny – 
Ramirez, who does my Facebook stuff, and he's in Puerto Rico. So that's, they're the non-Filipinos. And uh, then the, the Filipinos, there's five of those, and they're spread around the Philippines, and they're helping me with all the other stuff, from accounting through to uh, email, CRM, and blog posts and transcriptions and social media and, like, all the other stuff, web dev. What, what has it... How has it benefited you to set a uh, to build a business where you have um, the ability to be remote and the ability to to work anywhere in the world? Well, having been penned into an office for a long time before that, I just needed to bust out. Like as a general manager with seventy odd staff pestering me every day. Uh, I just didn't want to drive into a workplace anymore and be henpecked to death. I really like my peace and quiet. I like cruising around my house in board shorts. And for a while it felt weird, but I'm really quite used to it now, doing not that much. I was just reading a a book by Richard Koch, 80-20 Lifestyle or something to that effect, rereading it. That guy is a real master of it. I mean, he's been doing this since the 90s. But you can get a lot done in just a little bit of time when you when you get it right, when you get the formula right. So for me, having a location-independent business means that it's been 10 years to this month. It's my decade anniversary of walking out of that last job that I had. And I've just experienced life. I'm actually living. I'm surfing. I'm traveling. I can... I mean, I've been around the world several times and it's been wonderful. Like the experiences I've had that you can't have, if you have an office job and you're saving up for your one or two weeks of annual leave, I mean, it's no comparison. I get four days off a week anyway. Like if you think about that, I'm I'm getting twice as many weekends in a year as a regular person. Like it, it, it's not even in the same spectrum of life. And it it seems remarkable that, we all have the exact same allotment of time, but we can do it so differently. So I'm a huge advocate for it. And I think if you want to have a significant lifestyle, independent business, the main things, you'll need strong self-discipline because when you're your own boss and there's, there is no office accountability or routine around that, it takes you know strong discipline to set up your own routine and find your style. You will need a team. It's not a solo business. Anything beyond several hundred thousand dollars, I think you're going to involve a team. And I would recommend some kind of recurring subscription model, whether it's software or a community or something else. That definitely helps because it's a less it's less stress and strain on you than a launch style one time model. Look for the leverage points. Good point. Um, one last question, James. Recently, I've I've had some very um, significant m- mental shifts in my thinking due to surrounding myself with people that are at a completely different level of business than I that I am. And so, I would would like to ask you what in your business in your entrepreneurial career, what have been a couple of the massive mental it could just be one or two um, massive mental shifts that you have experienced that kind of were were huge game changers for you that took you to that next level. 
Well, I think one is being willing to spend more. This is one that holds a lot of people back when it comes to mindset. They they think $100,000 a lot of money. So it's really hard to spend money to go go to the next stage. For example, in the previous episode that we we're on, episode 196, when I was talking about my SEO business, when we were making a million dollars a year, my wages bill for that business was probably 350000 So for someone to spend $350,000 a year can be hard for them mentally. So if you think about a company like Facebook, and I think their profit margin might be somewhere around 30%, for all the billions they do, they must be spending billions on staff and technology. So if you want to make more money, you need to take on more responsibility and be prepared to spend more money. And if you can get your percentage margin okay, and for some information businesses, it'll be in excess of 50%. And for some other models like e-commerce or software as a service, it might be lower. It might be 20 or 30%. But if you can make a 30% profit margin and you could spend $5 million, then you're probably going to be making a million dollars plus profit from that business. So you need to spend more to make more in that regard. So that's one mental hurdle. And I think the other thing is um, to pay attention to your resistance points. When you know you should do something and you're just not doing it, it's worth digging deeper. Maybe use a five whys technique like the Toyota way. Just keep digging under the surface and find out what that resistance is. And quite often it will be a capacity sabotage and uh, I, I kind of just made that term up then. <laughs> but um, it's this phenomenon where people will sabotage their ability to progress in their business because they know in the back of their mind that they can't deliver or fulfill. It's very common with service businesses. If they don't have a big enough team or enough capacity to fulfill, they know that winning another customer will just mean more work for them. It'll break their back from 50 hours a week to 80 hours a week or 80 hours a week to 100 hours a week of fulfillment so they just don't grow because they know that it's 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 kind of like the employee thing you know no one's putting their hand up saying give me more work so if you don't have your capacity sorted you can start sabotaging your marketing whether it's consciously or subconsciously yeah i've heard of that before James, uh, my friend, I think we're going to wrap up there. If the listeners, or if there's anything else you want to mention, or if the listeners want to reach out to you, learn more about what you guys have going on, where's the best place they could do that at? Uh, look, if you're a reader, I'd go to Amazon and get the book because it's not very expensive. Work less, make more. If you're a podcaster, then I'd head over to superfastbusiness.com and there's a lot of podcasts there. And I would recommend checking out Superfast Business Community. And if you qualify, Silver Circle also. I hear amazing things from friends that I have are members that are members of those communities. So, James, I want to give you a huge thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom with us once again and, and coming back to the show. Maybe we'll do a yearly update every year or so and see how you're doing this time next year. But again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a pleasure, and thank you for putting up with me the second time around. Very, <laughs> very admirable. It is well worth it. And listeners, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. 
Hey listeners, thanks again for joining the show. We wanted to remind you about our Get Shit Done one-on-one productivity coaching that we recently just launched. What we do is work with you to create big business goals that are absolutely game changers. We make a plan together and put you in our productivity hacking system that helps you stay on target. Each week you get a call with yours truly about what steps to take for the following week. Some say it's like a year of productivity in just three months. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com forward slash coaching. The Business Method dot com forward slash coaching.